You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. basketball at all who has been watching raise your hand real high don't be shy you know who you are some of you are repping your team (sighs) believe it or not I'm not a Kentucky fan I know here's the good news I'm also not a Louisville fan and I'm also not a Duke fan so it's okay right all right I'm not really a fan of really any of the teams to be honest um yeah, I'm a fan of Jesus. I'm just kidding, no. I'm a, I'm a, uh, um, we're a football fan. But anyways, um, praise the Lord. It's going to be a good day. It's already been a good day. Man, I just want to honor Nathan Bolin, wherever he is. I don't think he's in this room. Um, for just being vulnerable in front of everybody. You know what I mean? Something I was telling them this past week was like, hey, if if you get too, if we're getting too nervous looking at people, then just look the other way. Because you notice we're not, we're not trying to look, we're not, you know what I mean? We're worshiping with the team. Amen? Amen. We're all part of that team. So, um, welcome. If it's your first time here, if you would be nice enough and bold enough, would you just raise your hand? It's your first time at this church. Raise your hand real high. Come on, give it up for these people. We're so glad you guys are here. So good to have you all. Awesome. Um, praise the Lord. Man, I've just been getting really touched by the Lord this morning, so um, I have to remind myself a lot of the times because I, I just love, I'm one of them people that can just sit and worship in God's presence forever, right? But then I have to remind myself that God also in his presence gave me a word to preach. <laughs> you know, he, he reminds me sometimes as well, hey, I gave you that word. You give that word. Don't just sit here forever. So anyways, um, we are a healthy home for the city. What does that mean? Here at the Father's house, we want to see you grow up in the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, grow up. We want to see you mature in the Lord. Amen? Uh, let me say it like this. We want to see you step into everything that God has for you. Amen? Does it sound a little better that way? Um, so... Um, we want to see that happen here. So if you're new, sign up for the journey as well. The journey is your next step to how you get involved or join our church. You can sign up at the welcome desk um, or you can sign up at the welcome desk or on our website, anywhere else. So anyways, um, so let me get into this. So last week I was talking about, uh, how many of you here last week? Praise the Lord. So I talked about um, tearing down altars. I talked about King Josiah. I talked about um, the move of God that we so many believe um, is coming in a greater measure. I'd like to tell you today that it's already begun to happen, but it's coming in a greater measure as well. And we'll, we'll break out of churches and break out into the cities and to everywhere. Amen. Um, so we're believing that, that what is happening is God is actually calling his people. Somebody say, that's me. And he's, he's doing what actually we're saying in that song earlier when he says, you know, um, uh, pull me closer, right? Draw me close to you. And what happens actually when we get closer to the Lord, you ready? 
you start to get closer to his holiness and his presence and, and stuff that you might have been carrying for a season, has to, you have to stop carrying it. There might be some sin struggles and some attitudes and things that the closer you actually get to him, some of that stuff just needs to go. And then we believe the Lord, uh, it's just so good and so encouraged to talk to so many leaders and they feel like God is saying the same thing. God is consecrating us. God is calling the church to be set apart. How many of you know the word holy means to be set apart? It is that simple. That means that you should not look like and talk like and act like the world. That we should look like and talk like different things. So I'm going to go a little deeper into that today. Today I'm going to talk to you about the gospel has the power to completely transform your life. I believe that God doesn't just want to kind of, I believe that when the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 that um, those who are in Christ become a new creation, that it's not talking about how God comes into your house and he, he like hangs a picture up and maybe he patches some drywall. I believe actually what God wants to do when you get saved is demolish the house and build a brand new house on a new foundation. He's not into remodeling you, he's into crucifying you. Not very many amens for that. We'll get into that scripture. Let me say it like this. Jesus would never beg people to follow him. Jesus would never beg people to give their lives to him. He He would make it and draw the line in the sand. He said, if you lose your life, you'll find it. But if you hold on to it, you'll lose it. I'm here to tell you today, it's the same gospel then that it is now. And he's saying, unless you're willing to give up everything, you cannot be my disciple. That's Luke chapter 14. There's some cost, right? Counting the cost. And I believe and want to encourage you as well that God can and wants to and will actually change you completely. This is the gospel. I I am glad that the gospel doesn't, yes, we sing songs. You take me just as I am. That is very accurate. You can come completely as screwed up. I remember I came completely screwed up, completely addicted, completely a terrible person. And Jesus said, hey, you can still come. But he didn't say, you can stay that way. And let me say it like this. It's not in a judgment. It was actually in his love that he doesn't want me to stay that way. He wasn't saying, you're bad, now clean yourself up. He's saying, no, it's going to be so much better. Let me clean you up. Can somebody say amen? And so I'm here to tell you today a lot of things, really. I'm going to try to stay on track as much as I can. But God wants to transform you into what? Are you ready? To looking like, talking like, and being like his son. It is, it, here's the litmus test for maturity. We look like, talk like, and act like him. You ready? It's not in how many Bible verses you know. It's not in your church attendance. It's not in how much money you've given. It's that you resemble him. And this is what he's calling all of us to. And it's a glorious, honorable thing to be able to come with him and to be co-heirs and to be like him. Amen? Um, so I came here to tell you as well that, that faith without results is a dead faith. Look at your neighbor and say, faith works. Let's pray. And Jesus, we love you. God, I thank you so much for what you've done for me and my family and 
I thank you so much for what you've done to everyone, for everyone in this room on the cross, Lord, that you've given us this opportunity, not just to come to the cross, but to come through the cross. But God, we love you, and I pray this morning that, God, you would use me as a vessel of honor for your glory and your glory alone, Jesus. Lord, give people ears to hear, eyes to see. I thank you for the prayers that have already been prayed for this service. We are seeing the fruit of them now. Jesus, have your way. Somebody say amen. Amen, amen. So, I like it when you talk back to me. You don't have to fake it, though, okay? Don't fake it, please. Don't fake it. But if I say something you agree with, you can say amen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> He's like, oh, I like that, amen. Um, so, faith works, all right? What does that mean? That means that there's going to be some results. If you have true saving faith in Jesus Christ, there's going to be some results of that faith. And there's going to be, and let me say it like this, there's going to be some fruit of that faith. There's going to be some works, some acts, some results that happen when you truly give your life and surrender your life fully to Jesus. And um, I see, let me say it like this. It's, it's, it's unfortunate if the world only knows Christians by our beliefs and not by our acts and not by our works. Let me tell you that the world is not impressed by our beliefs. They do not care what you believe. They care how you act. Are we showing the world the transformation power of the gospel, are we showing them that you can just add Sunday morning to your life and a prayer and that's what makes you part of the team? Or are we showing them that if you lose your life, you'll find it. If you lay it down, I love that song that was on the radio, it said, I found my life when I laid it down. Right? Jesus is still calling us to this same thing, to do what he says, crucify yourselves pick up your cross and follow me you know where he was going when he said follow me to the cross you know i've said this a couple years ago we love saying things like man jesus died for you yes he died for your sins but he never said you wouldn't be crucified it's not in there imagine some of the apostles literally being crucified because they were some of them upside down. Imagine yelling out, Jesus died for you. Yeah, for your sin. But look, you know what I mean? He was saying, this might cost you some things. Actually, it might cost you everything. Somebody say he's worthy. My goodness, is he worthy. Man, he's so worthy. And I started thinking recently, I keep hearing this rhetoric in the church, especially with young people, like, what can I do? Can I do this? Can I do this? Can I watch this? Can I see this? And maybe you're just new in faith, you're new in the faith, and you're even just uh, gently and like childlike, you're wondering, I don't know, can I do these things? What should I do? Let me tell you, get in the Bible and get in the Word of God and let it tell you what to do. The word repentance doesn't just mean change the way that you act. It starts with changing the way that you think. And when you repent and be baptized, the Bible says when you repent, that means that you got to say that I'm not going to think what I think is right. I'm going to think what he thinks is right. I'm going to turn my thinking to what he says and not what I think. Because we got too many good thoughts and opinions that are not God's thoughts and opinions. 
And I started thinking of the simplicity when I was a kid of those bracelets, the WWJD bracelet. And I started thinking, if you knew me when I first got saved, I wore one for like four or five years, and then it, I don't know what happened to it. And, and I remember like no one was wearing them anymore. But I remember getting back as a kid, it was, this, it was really this simple. Let me tell you how simple it is of what you're supposed to live like and do. What would he do? While you're watching a certain show, while you're talking a certain way, while you're hanging out with certain people, what would he do? Would he partake in this? It is literally that easy. I'm watching this show. Man, if Jesus was in the room right now, would he listen to this music? Oh, I don't think so. And I'm talking about being legalistic, and we'll get into that a little more next week. I'm talking to you about that there are results and fruit coming from true saving faith. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And we talk about in our freedom group, that doesn't mean if you love me, boy, you'll do what I say. No, it means if you focus on loving me, you'll do what I say. And it won't be a heavy burden to you. But if you fall in love with me, as I'm telling you, when I fell in love with him, it wasn't hard to do what he asked. Listen, if you were truly, when you first got together with your spouse and y'all were in the dating stage, me and Maddie, we, we would get together. If she would call me sometimes at five in the morning and say, you want to hang out? When, when can we hang out again? You know, I, I would do anything when we were in love. We're still in love in Jesus' name, right? Amen. This got a little harder, you know what I'm saying? This got a little harder. got some real problems. <laughs> but when you're dating and you're just head over heels in love, it's not hard. It's not hard to stop being a jerk. It's not hard to stop being rude and being selfish. It's easy. <laughs> Glory to God. Help me out. But it's, it's not hard. I, I don't want you to think I'm putting something heavy on you this morning. I just want to make it clear at the Father's house that we're preaching the whole truth. That no, it's not about you better act right. It's like no, just give him what he's worthy of. And there's some results that happen. And this is good news. It's good news that he'll change you. It's not bad news. Some of us are like, oh, it's going to change. We don't like change. No, no, no. This change is good. My family is very, very happy for the change that's happened. I'm thinking, man, our man, Mike. I joke all the time. I'm like, you know, I used to get high every day. I used to do drugs every day. And now I like want to spend time with the Lord every day. And now that's weird. Now I'm too weird. You know what I mean? I mean, I've been accused of being a religious, I don't even know, zealot or whatever. I'm like, I guess, guilty as charged. I'm head over heels with Jesus. And I just want to go deeper, actually. I want to be more undignified than this. I don't care who's watching me. I don't care who sees me. I want to give him my all. Because he's worthy, church. And I'm here to tell you, I'm, I'm not talking to the people in this room who, who maybe you're new or you're struggling with some sin. And you're, we all have our own issues. I'm not talking about making mistakes, and I'm talking about habitual, unrepented, saying, I, oh, God's cool with this. No, he's not. I'm talking about taking up for your sin. Don't do that. I know we say things like sin's not a big deal, but let me say it more like this. We're saying that if you make mistakes, it's not a big deal. But I'm here to tell you right now that when they were ripping the skin off of his back, imagine you standing in the crowd and saying, no, no, I'm going to. It's not a big deal. 
Come on, somebody. He said, preach it. I love what he said earlier, Nathan. You didn't see him, but he looked at you, and he saw you on your knees worshiping the Lord, and he said, that's my daddy. He said, daddy, come on. I thought, let's go. Let, let our kids see that. He's going to remember that. Man, look at my dad. No, he's not up here, the superstar. He's on his knees. Humble for the Lord. Come on. So good. So, so good. So, what would Jesus do? It's really that easy, guys. And if you don't know, read the Bible. That's the best way to find out. It is really that easy. Some people, I remember when I got saved, I started going to a young adult group. And they split the group up in two. And then they split it and they were like, oh, Mike, you should probably be in one of the groups because you know the Bible so well. And I started thinking, I just got saved. I'm not trying to be proud. I'm like, well, why is it that I'm the one that can talk about the Bible? All I'm doing is reading it. I don't have any formal education. I don't have any of these things. I just, just want to know him. And if you just want to know him, you'll find him, church. You'll find him. If you seek him with your whole heart, you will find him. But if you hold on to your life and you hold on to things, then don't be surprised when you don't find him. Coming to church doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that you'll find him. I came to this church many times. Easter. I got pictures when Carter was less than a year old of me at this church in this sanctuary. But you know what? I wasn't ready to give up my life. I wasn't ready. Because I knew Jesus wanted something from me. He wanted everything from me. And I was deceived, thinking if I gave him everything, I would be bored. Let me tell you right now, I'm not bored at all. I love my life. I enjoy my life. I got to take my little daughter out last night to Five Below to buy nerds, to Chick-fil-A. I sit there and just rub her hair, and I'm completely sober, and I love it. It's amazing because God has the power to transform you. Stuff I would never do, I'm doing, right? It's a gospel that transforms us, Amen. Matthew 7, 18 through 20, Jesus is speaking. He says, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. A fruit doesn't just necessarily mean fruit of the Spirit. A fruit is something that is produced from something else. It's a result. Another word in the definition, in the Darby's definition, it said that it's a, it's a work, a result, or an act. So that means Jesus is saying, hey, you'll be able to tell people by the results that you see. Right? And it's not talking just about what's the greatest result. You ready? Love. What did he say later on? You, they'll know you're my disciples by the way you do what? The way you love, actually. God measures maturity in the kingdom of God by love. Well, how do we know what love looks like? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not self-seeking. Love does not boast. You find yourself, you know what I mean? And so he's saying, hey, you can recognize people. You can look at them. You can see by their fruit. It's a result or an act that's going to happen. That comes after you get saved. There's going to be some results. Amen? If you, if you, 
Maybe you've thought you've given your life to Jesus and you, you just continue to do whatever the heck you want and you're not trying to do get anything out of your life. I'm here to tell you today, saying a prayer doesn't get us to heaven and it's not even all about changing our destination. He's about transforming you from the inside out. He's looking for people who are saying, I'll lay down my life completely just like you did. There's no other option. Amen? Amen. And I feel like I have so much authority to preach this because I was the guy who was like, no thanks. <laughs> you know what I mean? I said, no, I'm good. I don't, no, nah, I'm going to hold on to a lot of my life, actually. No, thank you. But I'm going to tell you what can happen when you choose to make that real decision that I'm all in. <laughs> it will blow your mind. And you will get the results that you're actually looking for in your life. I tell the guys at Friends and Sinners that all the time. You want, the, you want amazing results? Surrender. <laughs> Let your surrender go deeper. So God wants our faith to have results. Amen? So I want to break this down a little bit in James 2, 14 through 26. Check this scripture out. Did you know there's a lot of people, uh, especially uh, people of certain denominations, that would like to not include the book of James? How many of you actually knew that? They're like, well, this seems like this is a little different than the rest of the Bible here. And look, look what James is saying. He, basically, I'll, I'll give you a little bit beforehand. James goes on to say uh, in the first chapter, he says, let us not just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. How many of you know it's one thing when your kids hear what you say, but they don't do what you say? Well, I heard you. I don't just need you to hear me. I need that hearing to turn to obedience. And guess what God is saying? He's saying if you're hearing something all the time, but it's not manifesting in obedience. I'm not just trying to tell you things to do. I'm trying to get you to change into things, to morph into something, and that something is Jesus. When they were called Christians for the first time in Antioch, it was basically, it wasn't because of their belief system. It was because they acted like Christ. It would be Christ-like or little Christ. Let that be the story and the testimony of the Father's House Church that we're not noticed or categorized or recognized by our belief system, but by our fruit and that we act and talk like Him. Let it be that we, man, I know some people who go to church there, they remind me of Jesus. There's something about them. Not that they just don't cuss or they go to church and whatever. Let me say this. What sets you apart from everybody at work? What sets you apart from everybody at school? Is it just your beliefs? And I'm here to tell you this morning, that is not the goal of the gospel. Is there would be something that people could see. You ever walk through Reed's Orchard? And you walk and they have the apples ready to go. It doesn't take you very long to recognize and say, oh, it's an apple tree. And I love what Todd White says. He says, why is it that we squeeze Christians and everything but Jesus comes out? Listen, sign me up. I have those moments too, okay? <laughs> I'm saying God is actually drawing us deeper. These songs just aren't songs we're singing. We're saying, God, pull me a little closer. Take us a little deeper. And what that looks like is actually ridding your life of some garbage and getting closer to the Lord and his presence. Amen? 
And so it doesn't take us long to go out to an orchard and see which tree is which. Let us be known, church, by our fruit. Let people know when you go to Target, all the ladies in here, you know what I mean? When you're at the restaurant and they're having a problem with your food or the waitress is kind of rude, how do you act? When somebody starts to squeeze you. I'm not shaming you. I'm saying God's calling you deeper. He's not just here to change your belief system. And let me show it to you. Acts 2, 14 through 26. If you want to go there, you can. Acts chapter, or excuse me, James chapter 2, verse 14 through 26. If y'all can put that up in the ESV if you can, if you can, it's no big deal. James chapter 2, verse 14 through 26. Hmm. All right, here we go. Look at this. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? Hold on a second. Can that faith save him? Question mark. Next, next verse. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, go on, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things they needed, for the body, what good is that? Next verse. So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. He's saying, guys, you know how many times? I remember we had, we lived on Davis Street. And there were some kids across the street, pretty wild. And me and Maddie, they were like, can we use your bicycles? And we had some decent bicycles, me and Maddie, like straight up. You know, we were in that stage where we just got married, and then I gained a bunch of weight, and then you bought bicycles. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Then <laughs> this two reel just hit everybody in the room in here, didn't And boom. And then we were sitting there, and we're like, oh, they want to borrow our bicycles. And we're like, sure, sure, ride the bicycles. How can you tell a kid that doesn't have a bicycle no, right? And so we give them bicycles. I'm going to tell you what they do with their bicycles. They destroy them. Listen, I'm telling you, they brought my bicycle back without the seat. I'm like, listen, I've rode bikes, jumped the sketchiest ramps my whole life, and I never lost my seat. <laughs> Diamond, you ever lose a seat? Exactly. Who ever lost a seat in here? If you did, it says a lot about you. I'm just kidding. Um, but I remember they brought me my, back, my bike back, my, Maddie's bike. We, we spent probably three or $400 on these bikes apiece. Maddie's bike, destroyed. The rim, bent. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, my seat gone. I'm like, I can't even ride this. And they were just riding it, standing up. <sighs> and I'm like, oh, my Lord. So you know what I did? I said, hell's a hot place. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's an opportunity. I'm going to tell you right now, there's a real place. No, 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 no. They were like, oh, my gosh. What do we do? We have a little group of our youth leaders at the house. We get some money together and we buy them bicycles. Right? We had the means. We made it happen. And I remember one of them, I told this story before. I remember one of them, he had a blue bike. We gave, we gave it to him. He's like, I don't like blue. And I was like, boy, you better. I'm gonna have to, see, I was, I was beyond my limit right there. Jesus was gone, you know. 
I'm just, I'm just a work in progress like you, amen? But I'm progressing, right? I'm not standing still. Things that aren't growing, guess what they're doing? They're dying. Healthy things grow, amen? We're a healthy home for the city. That means we want you to grow. And so he said, I don't like the blue. And I remember thinking, boy, God, take that bike. I'll take that bike back so quick. I said, here, man, this is your bike. I hope you love it. I don't know. I think they destroyed those bikes too. Who, who knows? Um, we, we saw what good is it if I just said, come to church on Sunday. We got church service at 1030 a.m. We'd love to see you come there. Oh, y'all need help? No, no thanks. <laughs> Go down to the help office. And I'm not saying that you have to help every single need. I'm saying that there are needs that you can meet without calling the church office. God's asking you to have your own fruit and your own results. And, he, and I know I'm preaching out it to share a testimony. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but you don't have to get on Facebook. I didn't get on Facebook and film ourselves. Look at us. We just bought these bicycles. <laughs> Look what we did. You know what? If you want to receive, let me tell you this. You can receive glory that way. It just won't be from the Lord. And you can't. Look what we did. The man went looking. God, I gave this homeless person $5. And let's just be honest. There's that draw in all of us to like, man, I want people to know. I mean, I want people to see this, you know. And I'm not saying there isn't a time where you share testimonies. I'm just saying it's about your heart. Are you doing it so people will see what you do or are you doing it because God said so? Amen. So, he says, if people need something, we don't pass them by. Amen. So, guys, that's what the world is looking for. Buy some bikes. Buy somebody a food. Push the other day. You know how many times I have got out of my car, even in really nice clothes, to help someone push their vehicle in the street? My son can tell you. Right? Because I get convicted. I'm like, man, they need help. Instead of, man, they should have probably should have fixed their car. Shouldn't have ran out of gas. That was stupid. <sighs> or you can say, oh, oh, look. Actually, God predestined me before the creation of the world that I would walk in these good works that He has planned for me. And maybe I'm going to start changing the way I think, and I'm going to start looking every day for God. Where are the works that you have for me? Where is that moment where I can hand the thing, or I can hand the dollar, or I can push the car, I can push the car? Where is those moments instead of just working every day? I wish God would use me. And what you're really saying is, I wish I could get a microphone. I wish I could go on the prayer team. No, he's trying to use you. And if you would probably be faithful to a lot of that stuff, you'd never know what would happen. In the church. But if you're not faithful, you know how many times I have got out of my car to pick up trash in our parking lot or in the street out here? Because I get convicted. And I know what the Bible says. You ready? It says, if you're faithful with the little. You know, Jesus doesn't get mad at people for wanting to be great in the kingdom. He just tells you how to get there. He says, hey, go low. Go low. I won't tell you who it was, but I came in here yesterday. There was, I came in here, I was with somebody, I don't remember, 
And I heard somebody in here yelling, singing to God real loud. And I was like, this Saturday, I'm like, who is in here? <laughs> and I opened the doors, and there's one of our cleaning ladies in here. She's pouring her heart out to Jesus. And I just went to the back door. She doesn't even know this. I'm not going to tell you who it was. And I just begin to cry because I'm like, man, that's what I'm talking about. She's like, here, no one knows. She's cleaning the church because her faith has results. And she's down here, God, I love you. She's crying out to him, and I'm like, man, that's amazing. Thank you, Lord. That's the kind of culture I want on my dream team. That's the kind of culture I want on the cleaning team. Amen. So good. So, so good. Lord, help us. Somebody intercede that God will stop the time. I'm just kidding. Not too much more. Here we go. Verse 18, it says, But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Whoa. He's saying that the belief in and of itself, if that's the only thing that gets you to heaven, you ready? Then the demons will be there. Even then, he's saying, that's cool, you got, let me say it like this. I was a believer while I was on drugs. Believe it or not. Why? I was raised in church. I was raised to believe Jesus was the only way to heaven. Let me tell you something. I never stopped believing that. I never stopped believing that Jesus was the only way to heaven, that he was the, he died on the cross for my sins. I never stopped believing in that. I just never chose to follow him. He didn't just say, hey, guys, just believe. He said, follow me. Follow me. You notice what he didn't say? I'll follow you. And I'll, you can fit me into your schedule as much as you like, and there's certain sins you want to hold on to. You can hold on to those. I won't mess with that. No, he said, follow me to the cross. If you lose your life, you'll find it. If you hold on to it, you'll lose it. He's saying, guys, even the demons believe and tremble. It's one of my, me and one of my buddies, this is kind of a crazy story, but this is my life, so just get used to it. I was, me and my, one of my buddies, we were high on methamphetamine, out of our minds, okay? And then we were getting so high, we started talking about religion. And he's like, man, Mike, so what do you believe about the afterlife? You believe? I said, oh, I believe in Jesus, man. <laughs> I said, I believe in Jesus. I said, I, I, believe, he, I believe, you know, without Jesus, dude, you know, that's the only way to heaven. He's like, oh, really? You're a Christian? And I'm like, no, buddy. <laughs> that's not how that works. To be a Christian, I, there's some results that happen. There's a change that happens. There's a transformation that's going to happen. And I knew I wasn't that because I was raised right with good doctrine, that you got to lose your life to find it. And I remember telling him, I said, no, dude. I said, I'm not a Christian, bro. You have to live it. You can't just believe it. And I told him, he said, so you believe in hell and all that? I said, absolutely. I said, both, buddy, I said, we are both going to hell. <laughs> well, I don't believe it. And I was like, well, that's fine, bro. But I said, can we stop talking about this? <laughs> you know, I, this is not what I want to talk about when I'm trying to get high. It is how I'm going to hell. Because I never stopped believing I was going to hell. I would try to reason my way out of it sometimes, but I knew it was true. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to go around my family. I didn't want to be reminded. 
But I tell you what, you know, you know what, you know what got me? Yeah, thanks, mom. You know what saved me? It wasn't my mom saying, you're going to hell. But you know, one day I told her, I said, Mom, I think I can get away with some of this stuff. And she was in tears. She said, Mike, that's not the way it works. She's in tears. Let me say this. You can't just preach what the world can't do if you've never cried for what they're doing. And she told she would be in tears. I remember I was in the Roosevelt house. She looked at me and she said, Mike, that's not the way it works. You can't keep living like this. You're not going to go to heaven like this. But she wasn't saying, you're nasty. You know what she would go to say to me? My God's got a plan for your life. And if you give your life to him, he can change you drastically. He'll change everything. He'll put your son back in your life. He'll do everything that you need him to do, Michael. If. You ready? If you surrender. Not if you just go to church with me and say a prayer on Sunday morning. No. If you give up your life, you'll see these results, Michael. I remember thinking, no, I don't know about all that. That seems pretty drastic. It is very drastic. Let me say it again like I started this conversation out. God wants to see a drastic transformation. A drastic one. And I'm not saying you're going to earn your salvation how much you change. I'm just here to tell you that there are results that come through saving faith. And he's drawing us deeper and he's confronting stuff in our life. And I would love to see another WWJD movement so we can stop guessing and saying, well, I think this is okay. Doesn't matter what you think. We have the mind of Christ. And I'm going to think what he thinks. I cannot, I don't want to ever think a thought he doesn't think anymore. What does Paul say? He said, you're deceiving yourself by believing anything else. Verse 23. And the scripture was fulfilled saying, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness and he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way was not Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Somebody say faith works. And this is what the reality is. Abraham had a word from God to go and uh, sacrifice Isaac. He didn't just say, okay, yeah, God, I believe it. No, he got up the next morning. There's some action to his steps. He took his son. He grabbed the wood. He said, me and the son are going to go up to worship. His faith had some action. And he said, and the Lord will provide the sacrifice. But he didn't just say, okay, yeah, God, I believe you. No, 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 God, I believe you. Let's go. Right? I remember when I got saved, I said, Lord, I don't know if I can go back to Owensboro. I got some people there that don't like me. And the Lord was like, go back to Owensboro. I said, okay, yes, sir. Here's the good news. You ready? When God tells you to turn to some new things, turn to a new life, you ready? He goes with you. And he's walking with me. And I'm saying, I'm, I'm, and then all of a sudden I find myself acting like Jesus. What did Jesus do? Only what he saw the Father do and say. That was it. And I can find myself saying, all right, Jesus, what would you, okay, what would you do? What do you want me to do? Okay, I'll do that. Because what did Jesus do? Only. Somebody say only. What he saw the Father do and say, let us take up that mantle at this church. What do we do? I love it. I'm not going to lie to you. I, my, my kids, especially my oldest one. They correct me. My mom will correct me, Mike. That's coarse joking. 
And I'm like, you know what? You know, I don't ever try to say, it's, it's not a big deal. I'm forgiven. There's grace for me, mom. No, I say, hey, you're right. It's the word of God. His thoughts are better than mine. You're right. You're right. I don't need to talk like that. You're exactly right. Please hold me accountable to the Bible. For too long, we're all running away from accountability and not realizing that accountability is actually someone giving the account for your ability. We're saying, hey, you can do better. God can do something deeper in your life. We want to see it happen. Not just, hey, let me point out all the stuff you're doing wrong all the time. Amen? So once again, just to make it clear, I'm not talking about people who are just struggling and having mistakes in your life. I'm talking about those who are saying, oh, it doesn't matter if I keep sinning. Yes, it does. Absolutely, it does. If that's the case, I would have never came. You would, I would not be standing here right now if I could hold on to parts of my life, because parts of my life were terrible. Any part of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, let me read this other thing. So, I want to say this. Christ has set us free from the power of sin. He set us free from sin, not to sin. Right? He's not setting us free so we can sin. That's what they would say to Paul. Well, if, if grace abounds even more, where sin abounds, where there's more sin, there's more grace. So should we just go on sinning? What does Paul say? By no means. What does his next verse say? Though you, those who are dead. He's saying you, you died. Don't live in it any longer. He's saying you're dead to sin. Let me, let me read Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And I'm going to close here shortly. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. He's saying, God has set you free from the power of sin. Don't go back and put the chains on. He's saying, don't go back to Egypt. Did you notice how deceived the Israelites were? They were even saying, man, take us back to Egypt. Because the reality is bondage seems a lot easier than fighting. And he's saying, man, you've been set free. Don't submit again. Look at that scripture, guys. Don't submit again to that slavery that you were once in to your sin. He's, he's reminding them, guys, that power has been broken. It's been broken. I am, I am so grateful that the gospel of the kingdom has released the power for me, not just from the penalty of sin, but from the power of sin in my life. Otherwise, I'm just a ticking time bomb to when I'm going to relapse. Well, we're a bunch of sinners, brother. Well, if that's true, that's bad news for my family. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm just here to say, I believe that God has set us free from the power of sin. And he can break every chain and every bondage. And these aren't just cool songs, but he can actually transform it. It's amazing. So let me read De uh, Romans 6 and then we'll be done. And I want to show you something pretty amazing. Our prayer, our worship team come, excuse me. Come on, give it up for our worship team. Brother Daniel coming over here from the side. Awesome. I want us to, we're going to, I want to do the Give Me Jesus song, Aaron, just a little bit. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. 
What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase or grace abound? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How? Somebody say how. Can we who died live in it? And their translation says any longer. He's saying, hey, yes, you can come as you are. But we're not called to stay in sin, guys. He's calling us out of it. He says, or do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too, you ready, may live a new life. A new life. Not the remodeled, sort of fixed version of your old life, but a new life. A transformed life, a completely, a drastic change. And as I was praying and I was thinking about this, it's something I've never done and something I've never shown because honestly it's kind of embarrassing. And I started thinking like, God, you want to see a drastic change in us. We're dead to sin. We're alive to you. We're no longer slaves to sin, but we're slaves to righteousness. And you're calling us to, to drastically turn our lives and run towards you with all of our heart and to say, God, what can I do? What do you want me to do? I've been saved not just into a new religion, but into a new life, a new way of thinking. And I was talking with Maddie. I said, I feel like I want to show a picture of this. I asked you not to take any photos of this. And I just want to see, I wanted you guys to visualize something this morning. God will take us just as we are. I am a perfect fruit of that. If you could put that up just for a second. He will take you at your worst place. And I'm so glad that he took me at this place. We go to the next picture. But he was saying, Michael, I'm not going to leave you at that place. I'm not going to keep you bound. You're not going to stay the same. I'm so glad. I'm so happy that the gospel has the power to transform you completely. And it's not just adding a religion. He didn't just add some beliefs in my life. I didn't just start believing and attending. I started changing. And you ready? I'm still changing. And I'm going to still change. And next year I'm going to be a better husband. And next year I'm going to be a better pastor. And the next year I'm going to be a better pastor. Because I'm going to continually say, God, what do you want of me? Pull me a little closer. I don't want anything else but you. Just give me Jesus. I want every eyes closed in this room and I want us to sing this song together and if you've never experienced the drastic life change that Jesus has to offer I just want you to lift your hands right where you are and say I want this change I want God to change me completely right where you are lift your hands all over this place I see a few it doesn't mean that maybe you've been saved already and you're saying God I want a drastic transformation I want, to see, I want to see a drastic change in my marriage, in my parenting, and whatever it is. Would you lift your hands? And I want us to sing this with faith this morning. Come on, Nathan. Come on, team. 
Come on, every voice. Come on, every voice. Take it all away, Lord. Take our pride and our selfishness, God. Our insecurities, Lord. Come on, every voice. If you need to come down to these altars, then come on. Thank you, Lord. Keep singing, every person in this room. Come on, if you want to take some action steps to this message, come down to the altar and get on your knees before the Lord. Come on, lift your voices in this place. Don't look at your watches. Come on, sing it from your heart this morning. Come on, sing it till you believe it this morning. We're just going to stay in this moment. We're going to continue worshiping. If the team, we continue to play. We're just going to kind of softly release you guys. If you want to spend some time at the altars, you're welcome to stay. We're going to kind of just keep this going. If you'd like to go, get your kids. We love you. Bless you. Have a good week, guys. We love you.